name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today, we celebrate the exaltation of the Holy Cross. Two wonderful events uh, celebrated. One is the first defining of the cross by St. Helena uh, in Jerusalem in the uh, early 4th century. Uh, she uncovered it uh, miraculously and discovered by placing a dead person on the three crosses that they found that the one cross that raised the person from the dead was the cross of Christ. Later it was stolen by the Persians uh, in a battle and uh, was recovered by uh, the Emperor Heraclius and was brought back into the city uh, in a very beautiful procession when Heraclius had his vest, his garments on, the emperor's garments on, he put the cross over his shoulder and started to walk in, but it was frozen and couldn't move. And uh, St. Mercurius, the bishop, said, uh, an angel told me you cannot come in that way. You must take off your emperor's garments and come in like a poor man like Christ. So the emperor took his garments off, then was able to take the cross to its place uh, in the Church of the Holy Resurrection. So these are the two celebrating uh, uh, events that we have today. Very beautiful, the power of that cross that uh, uh, comes upon us as Christian people. Uh, St. John Chrysostom said it is the most powerful sign that we have as Christians. We should put it everywhere. Sign ourselves with it, put it in our houses, put it in our cars, put it all over the place. It, has, it is the power of Christ, uh, Christ God for us. And so we have to understand, it's, we, do, we just don't do it as habit. We do it because it has power. It has, it has a mystical power given to us when we cross ourselves. It's very interesting, you know, that in the, uh, the, early, the days of persecutions and in the days of the... Uh, uh, the, in, uh, the, the camps, uh, the prison camps, when the Russians were imprisoned and they couldn't cross themselves outwardly, you know how they crossed themselves? With their tongues. They crossed with their tongues in their mouths. Pretty powerful. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What are you doing? Nothing, nothing. That's the power of the cross. Just to do it brings power, brings grace, the grace of God to us. So today we see the beauty of this cross, kind of we always see the cross, the sadness of Christ's death, always wedded with his resurrection. Behold thy cross, but also behold thy resurrection. We see these two things coming together, the death and the resurrection of Christ, the power of Christ overcoming death, in his resurrection. So we see this, the beauty of, this, of this, uh, this wedding, of the crucifixion and the resurrection. It empowers the cross. The cross is no longer a symbol of death, but a symbol of life, a symbol of hope, a symbol of, of something that overcomes us, that, that can overcome the evils in our lives. So as I was kind of preparing for this, um, one thing, I just love the fact that we have an actual relic of the cross in this cross. So when you come to venerate, and it's appropriate when you venerate a relic that you do a prostration. So 
if you can today when you come to venerate, you're prostrate. Um, that little piece of the cross was given to us by Mother Victoria. Uh, so, little actual piece of Christ's cross. Very blessed to have that. In preparing for this, uh, a verse came to me, and one of my favorite verses in the Holy Scriptures, but I'm sure maybe many, many of you feel the same way about this verse uh, because it has a great deal of comfort to it. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So when I looked at the cross, that's kind of what I felt. Come to me. Come to the cross and receive rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I'd like to just share a few comments on this, this scripture uh, with you in relationship to the cross itself. Um, come to me, you who labor. Part of this scripture is, is pointed at people that are spiritually struggling, that are in the spiritual struggle. It's come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden. You who are, are working spiritually, but you're having difficulties. You feel it's heavy. Have you ever felt that the spiritual life is heavy? And burdensome? <laughs> Come to me, the Lord says today. You who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So he speaks to us Christian warriors. Those that are struggling. Come to me, you who labor. You who struggle, and I will give you rest. Okay. Know the struggle is important. Know that what we're struggling for, we're struggling for the reward of heaven, for the presence of Christ in our life, to overcome our sins. We know we have to be pointed at the struggle. What is the struggle for us? It's, it's just not to get up. It, to really understand our spiritual war, we must be pointed at targets. Remember Father John Bronze, one of his great statements was, if you shoot at nothing you'll hit it every time. That was, that was pretty funny. You should laugh a little bit. If, if, if shoot at nothing, you'll hit it every time. You have to have a spiritual target. If you're struggling with uh, sin of pride, you must, the target is humility. If you're struggling with greed, it must be generosity. If you struggle with lust, it must be chastity. You have to have a target, a spiritual target. It's just not to... to, to Get up and hope that God's going to help me today. Yes, we need that. But we need specific targets we shoot at. So we need to know what, what the target is. And the reward is that we'll be drawn near to Christ in our struggle. And that we receive the reward of the heavenly kingdom. But then also we need to know where our strength is. Most importantly. Because if we take this effort on our own without God, it's doomed to failure. Because we, even if we're successful for short periods of time, we cannot be successful over the long time without Christ. So our first effort is to be near to him, to draw near to Christ. So come to me, you who labor. Come, go to Christ. Be with God in your prayers, in your fast, in your alms. It's about being, being drawn near to God. Okay. And so... 
Who is he talking to here? This is very beautiful. St. John Chrysostom's comments on this. He's not just talking to any person, the Lord in these scriptures. He says, not this or that person, but to all that are in anxiety, in sorrow, in sins. Come not that I may call you to account, but they may I do away with your sins. Come not that I want your honor, but I want your salvation. You see, when you come to God, what he wants is to do away with your sins and save you. Wow. Come to me, you who labor. I, I don't want to make this harder. I want to make this easier. I want to do away with your sins, and I want to save you. That's what we get when we come to Christ. He says, and then I say, I will give you rest. He said not, I will save you only, but what was much more, I will place you in all security. I will place you in all security, in a secure place, hidden in the cleft of a rock. This is what God does when we come to him. Very, very beautiful for us. Then he says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke. You know, it's interesting because all these kind of dichotomies we have here, a yoke, you know, that's a big piece of leather that's stuck around an, an ox. You know, take my yoke. The yoke of Christ. What is that yoke? It's his presence. It's his presence. Take my yoke. Come to me. Take my presence into your life. Live in me. And I in you. And then the yoke, he continues, St. John continues, the yoke also means just do good. Just do the next good thing. Here's another beautiful comment by on St. John Chrysostom. On this, he says, And this, moreover, experience itself proves. For nothing so weighs upon the soul and presses it down as the consciousness of sin. Nothing weighs you down as heavier than the consciousness of sin. Nothing so much gives it wings and raises it on high as the attainment of righteousness and virtue. Just to do the good thing lifts you. Do the good thing. When? The next time it shows up. Do it. Do the good thing. When you have the op option to have a good thought or a bad thought, what should you do? You can speak. It's a good thought. A bad word or a good word, what should you do? Good word. Good deed or a bad deed, what should you do? Good deed. That lifts you. You know what the bad deed does? It crushes you. St. John says it's simple. It's simple. Do the good thing, be lifted. Do the bad thing, be burdened. It's your choice. So make the choice. Make that choice. Take his yoke upon you. And then he says, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And I think we should learn from our successes and failures as Christian people. When we succeed in overcoming a sin, we should see why we, we succeeded, the things that preceded that success, and we should 
we should do, do better in that way. And when we sin and we find ourselves uh, that there is a pattern to our sin, and, and in a certain way we were moving, moving in this direction, I do this, this, and this, and then this happens. Well, we shouldn't do this, this, and this. Or when this, this, and this happens, I've got to be really careful because I'm on the edge of sinning. I'll give you a good example of that. Um, I'll, I'll put myself in this one because I'm, I'm an easy target. So I've had a really diff difficult day, a uh, lot of things going on, and I'm kind of a little bit overwhelmed and uh, kind of on an edge at the end of the day. Have you ever been there? So I come home and I have something very important, very serious, and very difficult to talk to with my wife about. Not a good idea. Right? Right? Because I'm on an edge, and you know the edge. It's not time to have a serious conversation. It's time to go out in the backyard and sit near the plants. Really, seriously, that's what I do. She looks out there, she sees me by the place, she says, I'm not going out there. <laughs> I learned from this. He's having his quiet moment. You have to learn when it's time to do this and not do this. Time to go to the computer and time not to go to the computer. And you know this. You know when the temptations are there. You know when they're at the door. Don't run toward them, run away from them. Run away from them. Find ways to move yourself away from those things that move you toward the temptation and toward the sin. Learn from me. Learn how to overcome these things by getting a jump on them before they jump on you. That's such an important thing in our Christian life. To learn how these things come at us, to be vigilant in this, and to be able to Push them away. So I think very important for us. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. So as we learn from our successes and failures, we can learn this gentleness and lowliness, this humility, that's so critical to be successful in the spiritual life. Because if I'm humble, the first thing I understand is that I can't do it without God. So it forces me first to go to God, to draw near to Christ. So if I need to be in that place where I understand this gentleness and I find rest for my soul. And there's a bit of rest that comes to the soul when you kind of get an understanding of how temptations come at you and how you can succeed against them. So just be comforted there. And then finally he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And St. John's comments on that are the yoke is humility before God and man. Bear a humble heart. Bear a contrite and a humble heart before God and before man. And my burden is light. Be in Christ. Don't be arrogant and vainglorious because those things are heavy. Be in Christ. So today, may this cross, that we see the weight of his death, but we also see the lightness of his resurrection. May that lightness of his resurrection be ours this day. The light of Christ is the power of the cross be with us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.